Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20. Uh, I think. Is it 23, 24? Okay, it's episode 20 something. I'll you, You'll see it in the title. You, you'll know what it is. I am Mulder, otherwise known as. Oh, very early Saturday morning today. So far, so good. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. awesome. All right, Joe. So as you know, whenever we have a guest on, on the show, we like to start them off with the simple question of how did you get, get into Godzilla? I, I've heard I've heard your story before because you've told it to Kaiju Apostle, and it's really interesting. So go ahead. Okay, so I just want to make sure that I got to mm -hmm. make sure I keep my, my story consistent. So how <laughs> it really, really started was that someone in elementary school, uh, like one of the days we were allowed to bring our toys from home, uh, he brought in a bunch of his Godzilla action figures, like the American Bondi stuff. Mm -hmm. I remember I remember vividly. And then I got really interested. And then one day on the Sci-Fi channel, it was airing uh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2. Specifically, yeah. the, third, specifically yeah. the third act is what I, what I caught. Mm -hmm. I remember Godzilla uh, kicking the shit out of Super Mechagodzilla and then walking home to Junior. I thought mm -hmm. it was really cool looking. Yeah. And then I moved on to just renting a bunch of movies from like my local library, and then I started buying my own movies and building up my gigantic collection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Joe, you show me your collection. You have so many variants of of, of the Godzilla movies. Like it's not even just like one, like one per entry. You have so <laughs> many at this point. Um, my um, collection of Godzilla stuff is also similar, but not as extensive as yours, honestly. Yeah, I've got a nice Godzilla collection of my own too. I have this little generic dinosaur figure I call it Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of want to get one now, honestly. <laughs> yeah, though I'm a though do here though with with me and Joe though though Joe you collect the SHMAs too, right? Not nearly to the extent my brother. My brother is like. Real, <laughs> my brother has twice my collection, actually. <laughs> uh, no more than ten times, I would say. He actually oh in general. Action figures in general, he's on top of. Yeah. Damn. See, see, for me, it's kind of funny to me, Joe, because I collect both, like the home videos and the action oh, figures. Yeah. But that's really mainly what I like to collect. I, I, I know, Crush. Do you collect home video stuff as much as as I do, or not Humble. really? Like VHS stuff? No, just like in general, like oh yeah, I, yeah. I buy Blu-rays of like new movies and stuff that I come up, but I'm not okay. like I don't buy like a lot. Okay, because I, I buy a lot. <laughs> like I'm running out <laughs> of room level, but yeah, but yeah, I I I, I feel you. your collection is really cool though, Joe, because like I said, you have so many variants of these films on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray. It's really cool. I know you have the Japanese variants of some of these movies too. Like blurry wise, yeah, largely, largely the Heisei era because I believe those have better audio for some reason. Yeah, Sony's transfers are not the best. Like even when when we've been watching them, we've been watching them with fan subs because officially, yeah, because Sony, <laughs> <laughs> because Sony subs are not the best for these films, honestly. And and that was. When they finally added subs, because for a while you could only get the Heisei era films dubbed, and you still only 
and so mainly, I, I don't do the Blu-rays have the um, uh, sub subversions. I can't remember now because I I don't own the Hasty Blu-rays because they're not that great. Um, uh, in terms of quality, from what I've heard, uh, the Heisei films only have subtitles for like okay, they're sort of like a mix of of the actual Japanese dialogue and then dubs for when the lines aren't so different, but it is largely <laughs> just like the dubbed script. That's really weird. Oh, Sony, I'm hoping that that will get like a Heisei era box set one of these days, like they did for the show era. Like I'll... I could see Arrow do that one of these days, hopefully. Cr- fingers crossed. Or just... even carry on. But go on, sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just for the sake of having like a, a new affordable means of getting uh Biolante. Yes, Biolante has been out of print for years now. And oh my gosh, those Blu-rays go for a lot. And the Blu-ray, at least the one which I have, is not that great subtitle wise either. So isn't it like the sixty sixth anniversary or something? That's kind of a Dank number. I was gonna say maybe they'll do like an anniversary <laughs> release or something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anybody really celebrates their sixty sixth anniversary. Yeah, like, because oh. the Showa box set last year was for the sixty fifth anniversary, which made mm. sense. Yeah, it's always in fives. No one gives yeah. a shit about your twos. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always yeah, like you said, it's always it's either five or zero. All right, so now now that we had our our ramble first thing in the episode. <laughs> Um, I, I guess we'll get in, into the movie we're discussing today, which is the final movie of, movie of the Heisei era, Godzilla vs. Destroyer, otherwise known in some places as Godzilla vs. Destroyer. But I prefer Godzilla vs. Destroyer. I think it just sounds better. And like you pointed out last time, Crash, it fits Destroyer more as a monster. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I explained why. Did I say it? Yeah, yeah, movie? you did. Yeah. I okay, think you wait. did. Pretty sure I did. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. Okay, so but 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 Joe but Joe hasn't heard it so you so you can explain it for him. Oh well, I was just thinking like in terms of Spanish, like they have like male and like feminine like endings, like mm-hmm. you know like Latina for like a female, Latino for a boy. So I was thinking to destroy ya, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a girl monster. So like I think that fits and makes yeah. sense as a name. Yeah, and by the way, I did mm-hmm. I mentioned this in one of my blog articles where I sort of cover some stuff on destroyer a uh, destroyer. Uh, for some reason, I do not remember like the the first O. For some reason, I thought yeah. Only had, like, oh, I, yeah, I've checked the spelling. They called that shit like Destoria. It's really weird. Yeah, basically, there's like three different English names for Destoria. You have the straight Romanji, which is Destoroya. You have, which by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, Romanji is the Japanese term for when you print a Japanese word in, in English characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you have destroyer, which was the original translation of her name, and then you have destroy ah, which is closer to the Romanji, but it just drops the the initial o really to make it slow. Up. Yeah, <laughs> because her Japanese name is is is, is Destoroya, so I guess that's where the Destoroya comes from. She's mm. had a lot of really weird name stuff, more than any other monster. Besides maybe Angurus, whose original English name was Angulus. Angulus. Well, a lot of the show are monsters got weird fucking names. Yeah, yeah. because that was before the so... era of like, what if we didn't give a shit about translating stuff in yeah. foreign languages? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the thing with it. All right. So, Joe, do you want to give us your rating out of 10 for, for, for Destroya? Okay, I would say 
for me, it's ten out of ten, but with an asterisk. Like mm -hmm. one hand, on one hand, I see it as a little, it's a little flawed in areas, but overall, for some reason, I can't find another Godzilla movie that I find as fulfilling to watch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Crash. Uh, I say nine out of ten. I really mm -hmm. like this one a lot. It. It's been just talked about. It. I just say I like it a lot. <laughs> I always see this every time. I don't know. <laughs> crash, crash, ready, ready, ready to get into it. Then it's like, wait, wait, wait. Let me hold off for a second. Um, for me, I'm with you too, Crash. For me, it's a solid nine out of ten. I really like this one a lot. I think it's kind of underrated now. Actually, I think a lot of people have forgotten how it's so good. Anyways, for a little bit of of information, this one is directed by Takeo Okawara who had previously directed Godzilla vs. Mantra and Godzilla vs. Godzilla 2. So he came back to, to direct this one. And it was written by Kazuki Amori, who had written and directed Biollante and King Ghidorah. So he came back to write this one. Oh my. What a... What a double whimmy. Fucking Biollante yeah. and Ghidorah. Yeah. Ops and Spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So what did you guys think of the direction? In, in this one by by Takeo Okawara for his second to last Godzilla film. It was good. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. This one felt more what's the mm -hmm. word? Grand? I don't know. More mm -hmm. more suspenseful too. Yeah. I guess. I, I liked it a lot. So you said this is the same a new director or the same director from before? Uh he is the same director as as I said from uh, Oh I think it was the writer. Oh, oh, okay. The the writer was the was was the director of Milan, Thank you, Ghidorah. and he also wrote those two films. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say he loved his mark in this one a lot. It's really good. I like. I, I especially love the way he did the whole um mm -hmm. aquarium scene. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That was a great scene. <laughs> Joe. Yeah, I would say like the. I would say like the aquarium scene, the scene where that. That a lot of people saw it as being like the aliens rip off. I'm, I really like that. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, and like, like last, in a general last forty minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. For for me, I'd say this is probably his best effort as director. Like, I think Mantra looks pretty decent. Godzilla too looks good, but I feel like this time around, this is probably like the best looking of of the three films he did. Like. There's just something interesting to me about this film style and look to me. Because like I was saying when, when we were watching it crash, this one to me feels a lot like a mix of the 80s and 90s era mm -hmm. of Godzilla films. Yeah, that's something I want to get into. But yeah, I agree. And I, and I think that's a really interesting take they did on it that helps unify it. So, Crash, since you wanted to get into that, I'm, I, 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 say, I think we can get into that now, actually. <laughs> I was going to say, there's something I really noticed, like, found interesting about the Heisei was the fact that, like, as it went on, it, like, took more and more elements from, like, the Showa era mm -hmm. and started to kind of, like, incorporate that whole feeling of, you know, like, kind of Godzilla fighting a new monster, but with a whole new, like, tone and feeling of the Heisei era. Mm -hmm. and it makes, like, a really nice blend of, like, the cool like monster fights of the show era mm. with that like slightly more serious like more serious and out of gritty to the word mm -hmm. or modern i guess like you know yeah. the heisei era and so it makes it and the thing is they, they do it really naturally i feel i feel like it it transitions well into like this that new old show style like as mm -hmm. the series went on 
And here, I think it really shows a lot, especially. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like, because for me with the eighties, with the eighties stuff, when I say that, I feel like the film just in general has a bit of a darker, more serious vibe than the past few Heisei films had, like Mantra, Mechagodzilla, T Space Godzilla. I feel like this one has that more serious edge to it, especially in the way it's shot. It's a lot darker, not only in tone, but also I feel like in lighting too. Like, it's a lot oh, yeah. harsher with the way it's lit. It reminds me a lot of how they lit Return of Godzilla and Godzilla Bailante. And the stakes feel a lot more serious in this one mm-hmm. compared, to, compared to the past two films. Like, with Space Godzilla, it's like a vague idea that something's going to happen. Or like in Godzilla 2, where the stakes are more, like, personal-ish. But in this one, it's like, the world's about to fucking end if we don't um, uh, solve this. Yeah. And I, and I think that's interesting because it, it reminds me more of like that dark edge which you saw in Return of Godzilla or Biollante. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, and, sure. I love oh, oh wait, go for it, Crash. I was gonna say yeah. that's something I love. You, I loved a lot about where you know I like Return a lot, mm-hmm. and it was it was cool to see that like edge come back, and I felt it was fitting as a conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, I'm curious. Do do you get that vibe from this movie too? That it feels like a mix of the '80s and '90s sub eras of the Heisei of the larger Heisei era as a whole. Uh yeah, I would say so. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it, when when compared to like say like King Ghidorah through Space Godzilla, uh, Destroyer did stick out to me as being particularly like uh, evocative of like the first two Heisei films, which I thought was uh, appropriate given how it was going to be like the end of mm-hmm. that point of series. Yeah, when and, and that's a good lead into what else I was gonna say. I feel like this movie because last episode we praised Space Godzilla for its continuity. And how much stuff it brought back. This movie has even more stuff can brought back and is even heavier on continuity. And it really helps it feeling like a conclusion. Like beyond the fact that we have returning characters like the um uh, shoot, what's his name? Uh from, his name from Violante. Yeah. yeah. The 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 GSDF main character in Violante, he's back in this one, which is really cool. Beyond that, we also have all those ties to Gojira in, in this one. Like the fact that Emiko's back, for, yeah. For yeah, like that's something that, like you're saying about this movie as a whole. It really tries to come full circle and bridge everything. Like this movie is mm-hmm. heavily based on Gojira a lot. Yeah, and, like, all the stuff that happened in that movie. You know, like some Emiko coming back with the same actor, which is really cool. We're kind yeah. Of like, oh, talking about Serizawa and stuff, and mm-hmm. obviously the whole the fact that they're trying to resurrect that technology, and they're like, mm-hmm. it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. And, yeah, it just it, it feels so conclusive. It's really, yeah. good. that's also something I want to talk about later. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and Joe, what did you think of all the Heisei and and Gojira callbacks in this film? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's also something I really kind of liked about the film for a long time. I I liked about how it was like really like the first film outside of maybe Raids Again to make like any explicit mention of like the first film to this thing that it does. Yeah. Okay, okay, wait. There's also 84, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 like and like beyond just that, also also the fact that two of the main characters are the descendants of Dr. Yamane because he adopted the orphan from Gojira, which I think is really cool. And I think that's a really interesting way to be able to tie them in naturally to to Gojira, especially because this movie like you said, Crash is so heavily 
like building off of it. And I think that works too, because for the time, for some context, this was Toho. So Toho was thinking they were going to be done making Godzilla movies for at least like 10 years while they let America handle it. We know how that went, but <laughs> for the time, it made sense to tie it back into Gojira to make it come full circle. And I think that really worked for the film's favor. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The thing about this film is that mm-hmm. this was where I actually got the context that Dr. Yamane uh, adopted uh, Shinkichi because I had no idea why the hell he was around everybody else for like, the remainder of the film after they left Oto Island. They only <laughs> never explicitly say why he's there. And that's something yeah. I appreciate Destroyer for. It actually makes it actually makes it clear what uh that that he was actually adopted into the family. Yeah, it does. I also, like I said, went to go back to Emika specifically. I'm really glad they got her actress back for those for those two scenes because, like I said, unfortunately, Emika's actress passed away not too long after this movie came out. So I'm glad she at least got to come back at least once to the series, especially because I feel like she does a really good job in the movie, actually. But I'll but I'll get back to that when we talk about the characters. Um, I think a good place to start as we get into the film more is just um a. Uh, is Destroyer as a monster because, of course, she's the main star of the show. So, Crash, I'll, I'll talk about Destroyer first. Uh, Destroyer is like, I thought she was a scorpion when I first saw the poster. But no, she's like a <laughs> mutated ancient crustacean. Yeah. That has the power mm-hmm. to morph together to make one epic crustacean. I yeah. thought she was really cool and very scary looking. <laughs> I think I think inherently crab-like things are just kind of creepy. Because they... Yeah really like sharp they're like jagged yeah like all that like it's weird like armor plating mm-hmm. and, her, and especially like you know her face and her weird alien mouth, mm-hmm. mouth, in her mouth. she definitely comes off as a really weird like cursed monster <laughs> in godzilla mm-hmm. so yeah. it fits really well for like the final monster that godzilla fights yeah because it's just kind of malicious it just hates just hates everything <laughs> yeah it's kind of wants to destroy, mm-hmm. destroy so <laughs> Yeah, I think she's a really cool monster, and obviously, like you were talking about earlier, she takes a lot of influence from Hedorah, and the way she has like multiple mm-hmm. forms and kind of transform at will. Yeah, kind of unexpected to fight. Like, what's the word? Unpredictable to fight. Yeah. So yeah, I thought she was really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. When do when do we find out she's a, a girl? By the way, because I don't think the movie makes that clear. Yeah, the movie doesn't make it clear. I was actually about to explain, explain that. Basically, what the what? Because the fans are are those kind of fans. Um, from from suit pictures, they based her off of a female crab, so you can see like, okay, I can't believe we're gonna be that kind of podcast. <laughs> she has female crab genitals. Female crab genitals. Wow. That's... <laughs> and there's been stuff released from Toho that puts her with other female monsters like Biolante and Matra. Mm, okay. That so so that sense. yeah. <laughs> I also just also personally like it somatically because it contributes to her being a mirror image of Godzilla mm-hmm. in a in a dark way. But anyways, um, Joe, what do you think of Destroyer? Oh yeah, I really like her. Uh, one of the things I like about the design and how it's very construction uh, crustacean like is that I feel mm-hmm. it's kind of like evocative to like her almost being kind of like a parasite because yeah. like I think she's one of the up until this point I think she's like one of the few Godzilla monsters where where in the process of fighting both Junior and Godzilla, she actually tries to sap away energy from them. Yeah. 
well, 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 even though she was in a position to, like, kill Junior immediately and then eat it like any other predator, she's different where she is like a parasite where she tries to keep the host alive as long as she can while trying to, like, absorb nutrients off of them, mm-hmm. which I really yeah. find uh, interesting. Yeah, she really is a really unique um, like, kaiju. For me personally, I really love Destroyer because I feel like her designs are so unique and all of her forms feel so un- feel so different from each other. And like you said, Crash, there's definitely, in my opinion, inspiration from Hedora there by how the, by how she changes form form willingly and how different all of her forms are. And I really like that. But for me, what makes Destroya so interesting is is two things. One, the fact that she's basically a mirror image of Godzilla in a lot of ways. Like, the fact that she comes from, from a super weapon that mutated a prehistoric species that was living in the ocean. She and and that's her. She's pretty much how Godzilla originally was, just in just an animal lashing out, now being like changed irre- irrevocably in a world that it does not fit into because she's also a prehistoric animal like Godzilla was. She does not fit in this time and place, and I think that's a really nice semantic connection to have basically a mirror image of what Godzilla originally was fighting what Godzilla is now. Which is where Godzilla's more heroic in this film. Yeah, definitely. At, well, go on, Crash. No, she can say, yeah, I agree. It oh, works yeah. really well like that. So mm-hmm. The final... I think, you know, this one is all about finality. Yeah. But yeah, it fits really well. And my second point I was going to make is I also just like the kind of tragedy to her existence because basically, even though Serizawa killed the original Godzilla, by doing what he did, he ended up making a worse monster, which was his entire fear, if you remember from Gojira. Yeah. Damn. Because in Gojira, he was like, what if the Ocean Destroyer makes something even worse than Godzilla? And, oh, uh, Destroyer is the crystallization of that fear of Serizawa. <laughs> uh, and, and I really like that element to this film, because this film's all about tragedy as well. Yeah. Um, go on, Joe. Sorry. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's what I was, that's what my 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 thoughts about Destroyer too is about how uh, her existence is basically proving that Sarazawa was more right than he would ever want to know. Yeah, she really is Sarazawa's worst nightmare come to life, and I really like that. And and I guess that that's gonna make me get get into the themes of this movie. I feel like that this movie is the first film in in the Heisei era, honestly, since like Biolante, personally, in my opinion. To really have have a strong seam to it, and I think there's a few seams to this movie, but of course the biggest one being when can you use science responsibly, even if it might be horrific. And I think that's interesting in in regards to the nuclear power, because like this movie has them thinking about about making a new oxygen destroyer to kill Godzilla, because Godzilla is about to destroy everything unintentionally. And I think that's an interesting message because, like, you have... Shoot, let me I'm grab his name. Um, uh, you have um, uh, Ken Kenkichi, like, we need to, to kill Godzilla again. <laughs> like, he's about to literally kill everybody. And Emiko's like, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> the auction destroyer cannot be remade. It's too dangerous. And she gets proven right by the destroyer who ends up being just as big of a threat as even freaking Godzilla as he's dying. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> the point you're like, let's just hope they both kill each other and nobody. Yeah. <laughs> it's like their best case scenario. Yeah, and I think there's also just that scene of also like but like like that gets said at the end of the film of science becoming unpredictable almost and uncontrollable because Godzilla is at is basically going to be the final blow to, to humanity as a result of their use of nuclear war of nuclear weapons in this film and nuclear power. Mm-hmm. So so is Godzilla being a horrible fiery abomination? Is that just because he's like dying of old age, or is that like a specific thing? Oh yeah. Basically, uh, oh go on. Okay, so, so early on they bring up so basically like uh they bring up how on uh Odo Island like something went wrong with like the the uranium deposits that were on it's not Odo Island uh sorry uh Birth Island Birth yeah. Island uh sorry yeah Birth Island had like uh something weird going on with, with its uh, uranium deposits where it was reacting with hot water so it basically raised Godzilla's temperature beyond the point where his body can uh, naturally regulate the nuclear fission that's going on in his body. So he's causing, so he's having like a meltdown analogous to how nuclear reactors in mm-hmm. real life would, which I kind of like as a, as like a mean of death because, yeah, because it kind of fits with how in the, in the first uh, 84 film, like he's supposed to be sort of like analogous to like a nuclear reactor, sort of like how Japan became over time has become reliant on nuclear power for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, and and now, Godzilla's means means of death and potentially killing the world is, is 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 like you know comparing to like those type of uh, nuclear uh, reactor meltdowns that Japan's been facing. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. I was just like, yeah, damn. So like, when Godzilla just get old, they just fucking blow up. <laughs> like, yeah, <damn>. yeah <laughs> like, that's or- kind of the tragedy of of it too. But that is that what happened to Godzilla could have been prevented hypothetically. But mm. just it, it it was not, especially at at that at the point he was at when they finally figured it out. <laughs> which I which I think is is a good time to get into, um, Godzilla's role in this movie. So I'm curious, Crash, what you thought of it? Of Godzilla's role, I was like, yeah, and 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 just burning Godzilla in general. It's like he's more pissed off than usual. Poor guy, <laughs> he's fucking walking around. Like the movie starts off like five seconds, and he's already destroying a building. And I'm like, damn, chill, Godzilla. But he's pissed, and he's because he's on fire naturally, <laughs> and it won't. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I feel you, Godzilla. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like Godzilla's movie is very, it's very sad. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just, I feel like he's just in pain. Yeah, it's kind of like aimlessly like wandering around because like there's nothing he can really do about it. So mm-hmm. he's just like just a hurt animal, just kind of mm-hmm. lashing out. Yeah, I mean, even like they're even like, damn, did he kill baby Godzilla? Like, mm-hmm. like, like he's worried about him. He's like, mm-hmm. really unpredictable in this movie, and like even down to the end, there's just so much tragedy that happens to Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Already tragic figure. <laughs> so sad. I love the ending. So sad. Yeah, it was, but, it was, but yeah, Godzilla's role in this one is definitely what's the word? I don't know. He's always he's always like kind of like the main ish character, but like yeah, more relevant in this one. Yeah, you know, like, same. More? So like it works really well. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. Godzilla's the main character. Oh, sorry, Crash. Keep going. No, so it's fine. He's like even more main than you. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you, Jeff. Before I go, uh, yeah, I really like uh, Godzilla here. And one thing I kind of like as a contrast is that, like, for example, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Like, they're supposed like like the thing they're going for was, uh, 
he was supposed to be like, you know, relatively, you know, calmer, less of a nuisance than he was in previous films. Mm-hmm. And how and how this time he kind of he's kind of back to how he was from like from like the original 84 film to to like uh King Adora and Mothra onward. But then mm-hmm. but but the moment he, but, but the moment Junior becomes a bee on his radar, he basically ignores everything else, the nuclear reactor he was originally going to. Uh he just ignores everything else and just makes a be- immediate beeline towards him. And yeah. even when they're in Tokyo together, like when they're talking and stuff, he doesn't he doesn't really like attack anything until until Destroyer shows up. He yeah, he, it shows like he really doesn't care about anything else other than Junior. Yeah. Which I which I think is I like because like like this entire Godzilla like like this Godzilla from G eighty four onwards started wanting to find another another member of his species. His downfall in, in, in return was because he saw that there was another member of his species at the at at Mount Also I am I think the volcano he falls into at the end. Yeah. And then uh, then of course in Biolante that fight's triggered because he thinks Biolante is another member of his species. So like so like that's been an ongoing trend for this Godzilla. And when he finally has another member of his species in, in Junior, he, he finally settles down. And that's when we get like like a more heroic Godzilla. So in this film, it's very tragic that he loses that. And I think that's a good way to for this Godzilla to end, even if it's on a very sad note. And I think that's something which I really appreciate with this movie. I think this is the Heisei film where Godzilla feels the most like a character again since like King Ghidorah. Because like in Mantra, that movie's Mantra's movie. Like <laughs> Yeah. And I and I think in Godzilla too, while he does have a lot of character in that in Space Godzilla, he's not necessarily the main focus of those two films, I'd say. Like in Godzilla 2, I think it's focused on baby Godzilla. And then in Space Godzilla, I feel like that movie is very human character focused, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a film about Godzilla per se. This one I feel like is very much about Godzilla. Like the plot is about Godzilla. Like even though Destroyer is the main antagonist, she's it's not as much about her as about how she affects Godzilla and what's going on with him. And I think that's really interesting. And like you were saying, Crash, this movie's just so tragic for Godzilla. <laughs> He's dying a slow, painful death. Destroyer kills his kid. Then the JSDF kills her before he can kill her, and he fucking dies. Pissed off, like <laughs> he's like, and he fucking blows up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's such it's a very sad ending. Although I was mm-hmm. got fucked up because lame buffering issues is really annoying. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was really sad. Just mm-hmm. and I guess that's a good place to talk about the final monster in this film before we get into characters and other stuff, which is Godzilla Junior. Godzilla Two. What did you think of Godzilla Junior, Jeff? Okay, uh, okay, so like my first thing with Godzilla Jr., even before seeing like this movie, was like I looked up random images on the internet. Like, I think like Total Kingdom once had like a a Godzilla like monster bio, and I see one for Godzilla Jr., and I'm just looking at the design, and I'm like, God, this looks amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just like about how it very look like an intermediate, like, uh, like a maturity stage for like Godzilla. It looks so interesting, and when I finally saw that movie. Mm-hmm. I thought he just—I just thought he looked—he looked very nice. Mm-hmm. And, Junior, oh, go on, sorry. Oh yeah, and I just—and I just really like his his struggle. Like he's just—he's literally just doing like what salmon do, and just heading back to his birthplace when he has nowhere else to go. And mm-hmm. and 
And, and Miki, she didn't want to like mess with that, even if the world's gonna die. She he just he was just minding his own business, just trying to go home, and, and he's being dragged into all of this. Yeah. He 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 really deserved better, Junior to nothing wrong. And 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 I and I do like like that element too, like you're saying of how of how Mickey doesn't want to do that to him because he really is is innocent in this, but he's just forced into practically like and then not practically he really is forced into it because they use psychic powers to manipulate him to go to go to the island, not at the island to go to the to Tokyo to fight Destroyer, and it's like oof, and like just his role in this movie is so tragic too. But go on, Crash, and, and then I'll continue my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, one thing that's really been cool seeing this, like, the past two movies is, it's like the mini trilogy, but good. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's getting to see little Godzilla. First, it's like the baby Godzilla, then it's like yeah. Godzilla, then it's Godzilla Jr. It's cool seeing him grow up and, like, become another mm-hmm. Godzilla, because we see him yeah. he's tiny. He's about as big as a human. Yeah. He's, like, way bigger, minion size. And then yeah. that's when we see he's, like, Teenager, adult, kind of. Yeah, yeah, like, teenage. Yeah, and he's like giant, not as big as Godzilla. It's really cute. He's still a little mm-hmm. tiny, mm-hmm. but like it's cool seeing him finally, you know, having like grown up and become, you know, the giant Godzilla like type that we know. Yeah, and obviously, it's really sad because he's just doing his own thing, and he gets dragged into this and gets fucking killed by Destroyer. And yeah, yeah that really hit me. Like, if Minya got hit by a car, I probably wouldn't care as much. <laughs> <laughs> but here, you know, little like Godzilla Jr. dying, I was like, oh my god, they really killed him. And it was really yeah. sad because you know, we got to see him grow up these last few films, and mm-hmm. and he was so cute. He's just like, he's like, he's mm-hmm. I don't know, he's just really lovable yeah. Godzilla. And so that like the big impact. I was like, oh my god, they killed him. And so that's part of like the cruelty of Destroyer. Yeah, piece of shit. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, but when he did, when she did that, I was like, damn. Fuck Destroyer. All my homies hate Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah, I think I think like we probably wouldn't care as much if we didn't get to mm. see like little Godzilla's growth throughout the last few ones. Yeah. Like you said space and no Mecha Godzilla mm-hmm. 2. Mm-hmm. Godzilla has like a really big part of it and plays a big part of the you know that movie and the connection to Godzilla and mm-hmm. we get to see how much Godzilla cares about him. And so when he dies, you know, Godzilla's mm-hmm. pissed and we really get to see that and understand it. Yeah, so I thought he was really good in this one, and like and, and like to put and like to continue on that. I also like how it's not like a, like Godzilla Jr. shows up and then he, and he gets killed instantly. Like they really make sure to establish how he is now and how he still has that kind and gentle nature still, even though he's now like almost like a, like an adult Godzilla. And like yeah. and, and like they have him fight fight like destroy his big crab form, and you're really rooting for him in that fight. <laughs> And he's really cool in it too. Like he finally has his atomic breath now, and and it's really cool when he fucking blasts off one of Destroyer's big like crab legs. I know. And it's like yeah, but <laughs> but then but then it gets then it starts going horribly wrong because Destroyer beats the fuck out of him in that fight. Like she fucking impales him with her mouth and injects him with the, with the oxygen Destroyer stuff. And they seem like foaming at the mouth. It's like ugh. and it's like really bloody too. Like like the blood goes flying everywhere. Which is something which I do, which I do like with this movie. I'll get back to that in a bit. So they really do get that. And like when Godzilla shows up, and which and he's with Junior, it's like it's such a nice scene. Like it's really cute because they're because it's like they start communicating with each other as they do, and it's like, oh look, Godzilla found the sun again. And then Destroyer fucking shows up, knocks Godzilla on his ass, grabs Junior, 
and fucking drops him and then spams her 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 auction destroyer beam on him and it's like fuck. And then you have Godzilla reacting to his death and they're like Godzilla's crying and it's like oh god. <sighs> like it's the most emotional you see this Godzilla really. And, and that's and that's kind of <laughs> like the thing that I really liked about this about how like uh destroyer and like Godzilla contrast cuz the thing is is that like I point out like while my article's covering it uh destroyers a, a destroyer has has like you know sort of like children herself in a sense where she like does cloning she's almost like a bacteria like she clones herself and mm-hmm. then just recombine recombine like it feels kind of like sterile and we see these things like get killed in like the in like the in like the alien scene and like the and like when when they're fighting burning godzilla but mm-hmm. but the rest of them pay no mind to the ones who are getting killed they look like they keep focusing on just trying to get like their food and stuff while yeah. Well, Godzilla. The thing is, like, Godzilla Junior. isn't is even his biological relative. They're just yeah. members of the same species, and he's he's adopted, and that's something I yeah. really like because being adopted, uh, him being canonically adopted, uh, makes sense with Godzilla as an animal, which implies that back when his species was numerous, there were probably social creatures who took took care of each other, regardless yeah. of whether or not they're biologically related or not, and. Mm-hmm. And in the in the moment in the moment destroyer starts being a problem for like after round two, he he immediately just makes a beeline towards Junior and just mourns over him like how an elephant would. Yeah. And it keeps staring at him un, 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 until he starts having a bit of a seizure and then destroyer comes back. Yeah. And it right. really and it really is tragic. And like though they do give us a little bit of a moment because at the end of the movie, Junior is revived as, as an adult Godzilla. Which I do like semantically too, because it's basically the theme that humanity can never fully move past its sins with nuclear weapons. That there will always be a Godzilla, and I, and I do like that. But in a way, though, it almost feels a bit hollow because now Junior is the one who's alone. I know <laughs> because because his dad's dead. Yeah, he's he's an orphan. I always took it less like a victory roar at the end because, and more so like he's confused on what the hell happened. Like yeah. like five minutes ago he. His dad was walking towards him, and then, and, and and now he's looking at himself now, and he just finds himself like sixty meters taller, and 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 his dad's nowhere. Yeah, I know it's a very sad, very sad ending. I was surprised. Yeah, it was kind of it happened kind of quick because yeah, like, like absorbed the nuclear radiation. You said. Yeah, yeah, he did. Oh yeah, that's another thing. That's how he matures, like which is technically something that animals can do. With, mm-hmm. But like the thing is, is like how he matures through all this. So technically speaking, his. Mentally speaking, he's probably not that far removed from how he was in Godzilla versus Space Godzilla because both the Birth Island incident and Godzilla, Godzilla's radiation just physically matured him early. Yeah, which it which it might be good for Japan, but it is interesting. And um, what 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 you were saying, Joe? That does line up also with the fact that Return of Godzilla establishes that Godzilla has that social special call they have. Which comes back a lot, actually, in the films. It's a plot element in every single one besides for King Adore and Matra. <laughs> that yeah. that they that they communicate with, with with each other because that's also why Space Godzilla comes. But yeah, the um, to speaking about the fights, I think the fights in this are the best since since King Adora. Yes, because finally these these fights feel like bloody and visceral. Like when Destroyer uses her horn beam. On um, I know there's a special, there's another actual term for it, but I forget what it is. Uses it on Godzilla, 
that move is so destructive and so bloody. Where Godzilla is still scarred after it. I know. When, when he gets cut open from it, or like the fact that limbs get blown off, and like uh, and like all the blood, it's just a lot more visceral and physical than the fight from Space Godzilla America Godzilla Two, and I really like that. Yeah. Still a little sparking, but not as bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, fight... Oh, sorry, go on, Joe. And, the, and... the fights were like a pleasant surprise because uh, there was like this point where I saw a lot of Heisei criticism about the fights, and I haven't seen Destroyer in a while. So Destroyer was kind of like a pleasant surprise where I'm where like uh, I, ha- I came out with a little bit low standards because of why I keep hearing about Heisei fights, and then when I see this fight again, I thought, hey, hey, this fight's a little bit more involved than I thought. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I do want to say my only quote unquote critique, I guess, of the story in terms of special effects wise is I feel like the settings for the fights don't feel as grand as some other ones. But I mean, to be honest, to be fair, it's not, it's not like, okay, I, I'm just going to say it. it's not like the show off fights always had the most interesting <laughs> settings or locations. Like, look at Godzilla's final fight is just done in, in a giant field practically. And like and like you have um even like Gigan, the locales don't change that much. So I don't think it's too bad, especially because like this was meant to be more I think it's less about the spectacle, it's more about the characters. And when I say characters, I mean like Godzilla and Godzilla Jr. destroy his characters. So I don't think you needed it to be like a big city spanning role. And I think the settings work just enough, but they are definitely smaller in scale. Than say like base Godzilla's finale fight or like even I I I'd say like like Mothra's fight, but I don't think it makes them bad though. When I think I've seen people be like, well, because the settings aren't aren't the, aren't the most exciting. So, but in my opinion, I think they think they work well. Anyways, crash go on about the settings. No, no, about the fights. Oh, the fights. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely they were really good in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Well, I I think the setting works though. I really like the yeah. nighttime atmosphere of it. Yeah, and it's just so intense. I, I'm not explaining it. The fights in this one are really good. Obviously, you know, like the first destroyer encounter is really intense. Remind mm-hmm. me a lot of like the Lost World Raptor scene, and, like mm-hmm. the workers area when um yeah, she's like hiding from like the one tiny destroyer. Yeah, or you know, it's really exciting. I don't know if that's considered a fight or an encounter. I don't yeah. know. Uh, you, you can throw it in there because 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 it's an effect scene. So yeah, I'll... yeah. Those that was like really well done. It was really intense. Every time the story comes out, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Every time, like I like even like also, I like Little Godzilla's first fight too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, real first fight. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot harder than it looks because he got a little body fight. Destroy. Yeah, he pulled through and then mm-hmm. pulled through again. Mm-hmm. But uh, the fights in this one are really good, and I think they yeah. kind of scale and intensity they were going for. Yeah, the story is very relentless on Godzilla. Yeah, he just kind of tears into him, mm-hmm. and he's just trying his best to fight back. Yeah, and like it like feels like okay. in this one because it's just kind of like a slap fight. Yeah, and like a lot of like dank shore fights, and more like mm-hmm. um, just more like a struggle, like a real intense fight. Yeah, like I feel like in this one. He really is losing to her to a degree. Like it really takes him a while, like until like literally the end of the fight to really turn it around on her. And 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 I like and I like that a lot. Um and I feel like 
also with the story, I also want to give mention to one the one particular scene I forgot to mention earlier. Her entrance, like for her final form, is such a cool entrance. <laughs> like like her just coming out from the rubble, where which she which she got thrown into from her flying form, I believe. And it's just so cool, like to see her see her final form in all of its glory. And she's tall as fuck too, <laughs> like she's taller than Godzilla. And so she, she has this really good presence. But go on. I think yeah, she only got bigger. I mean, yeah, like the first destroyers were like slightly bigger than human sized, and then they got like a little bit bigger then. And then we're like, it's big buildings. And then, yeah, like, it's fucking massive. It's kept growing. Yeah, yeah, I really like it a lot. Um. What was I gonna say? And and I think I though also I want to lead into the characters here because I think the characters here are really interesting and really fleshed out. I but here's my thing: I don't think they're as fleshed out as Space Godzilla, but I think the story they serve is more interesting than Space Godzilla's. If that makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I see people like, oh, they don't have complete arcs though, and like I guess that's true. But on the other hand, um, here, here, here's my thing with it. Sure, the characters don't have complete arcs, but I feel like this movie's less about the human characters and more about Godzilla as a character. And I honestly don't mind that. Because I think what the human characters serve and the roles they're in are interesting enough as it is without having to really fully flush them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. That's sort of my like my uh, stance on the characters because like Kazuki Amori, like I remember how like there's a criticism with his scripts about how he has he likes to throw like a bunch of characters at us and 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 switch between them a lot where it feels kind of busy where it doesn't feel like there's focus on a character. I like that. I actually kind of like <laughs> that about his plots where where I kind of like the idea that they feel a little bit busy with all the characters going on. Mm-hmm. And and like I feel like the Yamanes, which is the brother and sister duo, I think they're really interesting too because of what they serve. Because I feel like Ken and then also the scientist who's working on 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 oxygen on the oxygen destroyer, well not technically the oxygen destroyer on, on bringing back micro oxygen, they both kind of serve that idea of of the themes of should science bring something back that was horrible and make it good, which like you said, Joe, is a lot like how Japan handled nuclear en- energy. And I think that seems really interesting. And then they find out, no, maybe something should be best left untouched. And I think that's an interesting idea. Even if it is for the for the good of something, the fact that it can be turned or just go horribly wrong is an, is an interesting idea to me. And Mickey in this movie is really good in this one, too. Like I think this is the one where she feels the most mature. I feel like, like, I feel like this is her at, at her end point as a character, even if it took until like Space Godzilla. <laughs> For her to really come into her own, like her being like, "Yeah, I'm just kind of at the end per se," and I, and I think that's and I think that's something that I find really interesting with that. Um, Crash, what did you think of, of the characters in this one? Um, yeah, I thought they were they were really good. I like their whole I like their connections to like previous characters in the universe, mm-hmm. as well. and also just their whole kind of like debate about Godzilla and the oxygen destroying what to do. Because, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if they have, like, full arcs, but they, they serve their purpose really well in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, getting information across about, like, Godzilla and their plans. And, like, it's got, like, their struggles. Like, okay, like, do should we, like, worry about killing Godzilla or should we try mm-hmm. to help? 
and you know, and obviously I forget his name. They've got the guy's name. He's like, I'm a... who studied Godzilla? Oh, okay. Uh, he's the he's the Amane. Yeah, Ken. Yeah, uh, Ken something. Let me grab yeah, it. I think it's Kenichi. Is he a Kenichi or Kenkichi? Kenkichi. Ken Kenkichi. You got it. One of those. Yeah. You know, his whole thing is like, I've been sitting Godzilla for like a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, we should not try to replicate the action destroyer technology. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think I like them a lot. And obviously, you know, Miki like, comes full circle. She's been the mainstay throughout this whole series since the mm-hmm. second. Yeah. And it's nice to see her get like that conclusion with Godzilla at the end. She's like, I think mm-hmm. she's like, I'm done or like, I'm finished now. Yeah. Yeah, because you know she's been connected with Godzilla for as long as she's had like psychic powers. Yeah, so when he dies, it's like that's like the end of their relationship. It's really mm-hmm. like, tragic and sad, yeah. especially because they because they really had built that bond over the past two films, especially with her and and Junior. So yeah. it really so it really hits when Mickey, when Mickey says like well, let let like my mission is done. I like that so. Yeah, because, because especially because when you when you go back to space Godzilla, where like um her love her love interest is like, do you think of anything that's not Godzilla? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know it's yeah they they were really I like them in this one a lot. Mm-hmm. And one other thing I want to give give special mention to the score in this film, which is the final score by by Akira Ifukube, Godzilla wise, unfortunately because he passed away not too long a- after this. Mm-hmm. Uh I think this is possibly his best score besides for the original, because oh my god, the music in this film is fantastic. Yeah, like yeah. like the action scenes are really good. Like I love the opening scene of of the Hong Kong destruction because it really helps establish, in my opinion, that there's something really wrong with Godzilla. Like like the tone of it is so different from the usual Godzilla music. And I think that works really well. It's so dramatic too. Like I love how the scene crescends when when you get the title card. I know it's really good. And yeah, like I, I go on, sorry. Oh yeah, I remember about how uh, during my like my one of my last few viewings of this movie, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I used to, and then I realized I accidentally had like the audio on stereo this entire time instead of surround, and I realized, oh crap, I'm I'm I'm, I'm cheating myself out of enjoying this movie as much as I could have. <laughs> I knew something was off. <laughs> That's fine. I hear you. And like, also, Godzilla's death scene, which is Requiem, is such a good but sad scene. Like, it really fits the end for Godzilla, especially after all of his growth. Yeah, yeah. Um, Crash, what did you think of the of the music? Oh, like I said, I I love music. I love Akira His music really I like a lot. And obviously, I love hearing the Godzilla theme get reprised a lot. And like, yeah, he like slightly alters it, even just like a few keys. It gives like a whole new feeling and tone to like mm-hmm. what's going on in the scene. Like you said, making it like uh, getting across the message that like, you know, something's not right. Godzilla's off. Yeah. And and, and, and I oh go on sorry. Like destroyer. Yeah, the destroyer theme is really nice too. I really like her theme in this. Mm-hmm. To really well-rounded score, like so it comes together as like you know the final, the final theme, mm-hmm. the final send-off for Godzilla. For what would happen next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and before we close out, there is one more element I want to talk about, but that's but that's behind-the-scenes stuff. 
this movie went through a lot of different ideas before they finally settled on, on, on this idea. So I'm going to go over a few of the ideas. And Crash, I just want you to give me your reaction. I'm going to tell you about three of them. Because okay. this movie went through a lot. Um, the one, of the, one of the initial ideas was for this to be Godzilla versus Varan. Oh, that's what the fucking flying one destroy all monsters, right? Yeah. <laughs> I remembered. Finally. What what would you have thought if the movie closed if this if this era closed on fucking Baron? Basic. <laughs> I'm really confused how that came about. I don't know. It, it's very weird. Another idea was going to be Crash, your favorite monster. Mechagazil again? No. <laughs> your oh. other favorite. Bagan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It was gonna be Godzilla versus Bacon. That idea got got dropped, and the <laughs> final one before before Destroya was um Godzilla versus Ghost Godzilla. Ghost Godzilla. It was going to be the ghost of the Godzilla from 1954. Oh my gosh! And yep. Godzilla, yeah, Godzilla was gonna fight the Ghost Godzilla, and Incurus was gonna be in it. Huh, that would have been really interesting. I'm sorry, yeah, Angurus never showed up. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, but they ended up going with Destroya because they felt that Destroya was more fitting somatically, and because they had already done two prior, like you said, Godzilla variants of Mechagodzilla and Space Godzilla, they felt the story was more fresh and, and original. And I honestly agree with them. I'm glad they went. I'm glad they went. They went with what they did. I say making it more somatic than literal works better personally. Also, Ghost Godzilla—that'd be kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> Godzilla ever fought a ghost before? No. <laughs> I mean, technically by Lante in a sense, but that's it. Oh yeah, because he's I, possessed I, by Emiko Spirit. I think like 1954 Godzilla, but like with a blue aura around him or some shit. Like just <laughs> there's actors, actors actually mock up images of that. Interesting. It would have been cool if they used like the original like design too from Godzilla. Yeah. But yeah, I think what they did work best in the end. Because I feel that also might have been a little cheesy. Although, yeah. The idea of it, but it, I think what they did here was definitely better for the end of it. Yeah, same. I, I, I like it a lot. <laughs> this this is a mock of someone did of it, and I just find it really funny. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. It's just like blue. <laughs> that's funny. It is. Um. Yeah, I wanted to also mention okay. Yeah. Like, this movie serves as like the conclusion. I love it a lot. Do you mm-hmm. think it like stands well like on its own? Like if you were to just watch it by itself? Cause I, I would like, say it, no. Because I think this movie feels so connected you know, to the original and like the entire of the Heisei era. Yeah. I think it was an, a great, amazing conclusion. But I was thinking, you know, like on its own, would it like stand out as well to like someone who just watched it? Hmm, that, that, that's an interesting question. I feel like I would say no. Because I feel like it's building off of not just the original good era, but like literally six prior Godzilla movies in the Heisei era. Like even how it ends in the credit sequence where yeah. they're showing Godzilla and all the other um, uh, Heisei Godzilla films. I feel like, which is why I, I'd recommend anyone with the Heisei era to start from Return and watch all of them because it, it's it's building off of so much. And yeah. I, And like that's my thing really. Um, Joe, I'm curious what what you think of that. Uh, I think it's fine on its own, but I feel like uh, it is very reliant on the context of the previous of previous films in order to actually get like 
uh, the full weight of its purpose as being like a finale. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't mean that like it's a bad thing. I was just I was just thinking about because I love this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's just like mm, you know, like, and that's that's a fine thing. I think you know, especially in the, like in this era we have of like large cinematic universes. You know, yeah. we get, you know, like it's one of the earlier ones too. We get yeah. examples of like you know movies that are you know conclusions, and I feel like kind of trying to be like. Oh, this movie is not similar to someone's like, well, that's kind of like the point because it serves as part of yeah. a story. Like, yeah. well, that reminded me of what people say about like Infinity War. And it's like, yeah. well, the movie doesn't, the movie doesn't stand on but like, does it have to? Like, I mean, you need to understand what they're doing and what they're going for in the first place. So I feel that's important to acknowledge if you're like going to try and like critique something. And, like. and, and I don't think a movie has to be able to stand on its own to be good personally. <laughs> like, like, Lots of TV, like movies based on TV shows, which work as like basically longer episodes. Like, say for example, Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan does not work as well if you go into it not having seen any Star Trek episodes before it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't, and it's not a bad thing. It's just the yeah. nature of following up on something. Mm-hmm. Go on. I, it's just like yeah, no, exactly. You're right. I think that's kind of like my main overarching point. It's mm-hmm. like. This movie may not stand well on its own, but that's not like a bad thing because it's serving mm-hmm. for Godzilla's story in this area. Yeah, I think that's a good place to end it off on. So, Crash, what are your closing thoughts on, on the film? I just destroy us. Probably the most emotional Godzilla film since Return of Godzilla. I mm-hmm. feel, and it was. Yeah. I really liked it a lot. It wrapped up this era really well, more than like. Mm-hmm. Terror Mega Godzilla. That's not because it's bad, but just because like mm-hmm. Terror just kind of like ended, even though it had a cool like walk away in the sunset scene. But uh, yeah. here it feels like you know this is the end. Like we're passing yeah. that, and really hit me a lot. I was like, damn, it's a really good movie. <laughs> yeah, Joe. Uh, yeah, my favorite Godzilla film. Uh, just most filling for me to watch, ride or die. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. For me, Godzilla Godzilla versus Destroya is such a good conclusion to this era. It's it's really strong. It really ties together everything that came before it, and it and it really works well as as a thematic foil for the Gojira. Sure, the characters don't have complete arcs, but I don't think that's needed. And like, even though the settings of the fights and the miniatures aren't the most grand, I don't think it needs it because there's so much emotion to those fights. And I think really people are just overly hard on it. And I'm not entirely sure why. And it's just like, I don't know. Because I think this movie does the best with Godzilla as a character of all the Godzilla films. And that's why for me, it, it, it's in my top five Godzilla films. It's only behind four Godzilla films for me. And I think just for me, that's saying something. So yeah, I love this film. This film's great. Okay, Joe, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I believe my handle's like call me Joe Nine. Mm-hmm. What are you working on, if anything, right now? I I know oh, right yeah. now people are busy. So yeah, I have a blog. I'm uh, link link to my bio. I believe it basically covers like Godzilla stuff and also like whale related stuff because I'm also an aspiring marine biologist. Mm-hmm. Which is very cool. Your articles are great. I agree with some people. If you're interested in more of like understanding the science behind Godzilla and that element of it, to really read Joe's stuff, he goes really in depth. 
naturally fantastic. So, Joe, I'm really, I'm really glad that you came on. It was great talking about this movie with you because I know you're very passionate about the Heisei era. So, thank you for coming on. All right, everyone. This was episode 23 of the Godzilla Roundtable. I figured out. Next time we'll we'll be discussing Godzilla 1998. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crash. Oh boy. <laughs> Um, so until next time, this has been the Godzilla Roundtable, and thank you for listening. <laughs>